one day I'm driving along in my old Cutlass S and I just put that tape in and I heard you speaking. Uh, so I'm 20, 21 years old and I'm hearing you talk about the miracles in, in Iceland. And uh, I'm hearing you talk about the eyes of the Lord roaming throughout the face of the earth that, that God is looking for those he could strongly support. I began to weep and I, I just knew, I don't know what, but I have to um, know God. I don't know what I need. And so it was right there. I decided I'm going to go and do whatever this training school thing is. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Had a lot of me left in me. Hopefully there's a little bit less after three <laughs> decades. But I came, I came to Waco and God <clears throat> absolutely rocked my world. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. Hey everybody, just here again today, just thinking about how wonderful Jesus is and uh, and how thankful I am for the Passion and Purpose podcast and getting a chance to interview friends and family and uh, people that I've had the privilege of walking with along the way and then getting to share their stories with you. So hey, I am so blessed today to have my friend of 30 years, Jeff Bianchi. Uh, together we helped lay the foundations of all that we're a part of today. And it's just such a joy uh, to be sitting here again, alive, loving yep. Jesus, still in it, man. Yes. Uh, I know that uh, the thing that I really thought about today that everybody would really benefit from is um, you wrote a book called The Great God of Men. Right. Uh, just a, a couple of years, maybe after we did Passion and Purpose, I think, or right along at the same time, just about some of the other stories that God's done in the movement, some stories that maybe people wouldn't hear, but it was more motivated by kind of your own journey of, yes. hey, I've encountered incredible people, I mean, and I've seen God in yes. them. So, hey, just take us back, just give us kind of the two, three minute version of your own encounters with God, how you got into the movement sure. and all that good stuff, and then take us into yeah. the great God of men. Well, I grew up in a Christian home, but I, uh, I had a very um, passionate mother and a uh, faithful father, right. but uh, I, I really slid for like four years. I yeah. more than slid. I dove headlong <laughs> yes, into did. the world. And um, mm. I, um, you know, the devil leads you along the primrose path and one thing led to the next. And um, I graduated from high school and Dallas and then went to a uh, and and I was there and kind of on fraternity was, you know, the stories just wild and crazy, but the prayers of my parents, yes. um, just, and specifically my mother just apprehended me. You yeah. Know? I have that encouragement for whoever out there yeah. would be waning and wondering, is it going to pay off the prayers for this prodigal or the prayer for this, mm. whoever man, uh, once, the time was there, Kairos, I think, uh, in mm -hmm. the scripture, it says, God got to hold my heart. So I began when I was 20 years old, I was in a fraternity mm -hmm. and uh, nobody blew their cover as a Christian that I knew right. of. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and, if they uh, were a Christian, I didn't know. If it. they were, no. <laughs> the only, uh, yeah, well, anyway, the only chaplain we had 
you know, used four letter words like it was going out of business. So I didn't really have a mentorship, likely. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, I, uh, I just began hungering for more of God. Mm. um, And uh, God radically got me out of the lifestyle of, you know, party drugs and alcohol and all that. And, uh, but uh, I was just pressing into God and um, my um, mom, um, Emma Bianchi, she, uh, she kept uh, wanting to introduce me. My parents had moved from Dallas to Waco and she kept wanting to introduce me to this guy, Jimmy Seibert, um, <laughs> because I was living in College Station, 90 miles from Waco. And um, I think my mom had real designs on me being a part of um, what this movement was going to be uh, from the beginning. But interestingly enough, my dad sent me um, in 1989, I was, a, I believe, um, I believe it was 89. I was a yeah. senior day and beginning. Right. I did take a victory lap. So I was there another year and a half, <laughs> but, um, my dad sent me a, a tape and that was not my dad's like, wow. MO yeah. at sure. that time. He was yeah. not, but he said, uh, there's this young man named Jimmy Seibert and they just got back from I- Iceland and this story just blew me away and you have to listen to it. And so mm-hmm. I was at school, I'd become, you know, I was telling all my fraternity brothers about Jesus, visiting the jails, doing all kinds, of, just trying to learn, but I really didn't have tons of mentorship. And, uh, one day I'm driving along in my old Cutlass S and I just put that tape in and I heard you speaking. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. 20, 21 years old and I'm hearing you talk about the miracles in, in Iceland. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm hearing you talk about the eyes of the Lord roaming throughout mm. the face of the earth that mm. um that god is looking for those he could strongly support i began to weep and I, I just knew i don't know what but i have to um know god i don't know what i need and so it was right there i decided i'm gonna go and do whatever this training school thing is i didn't know what it was mm-hmm. had a lot of me left in me hopefully there's a little bit less after three <laughs> decades but I came, I came to Waco and God absolutely rocked my world, you know, getting involved. And I wasn't used to worshiping Jesus from seven thirty to nine in the morning and then <laughs> listening to an intense teaching about relinquishing every right you have uh, for another hour and a half and then sitting and reading the Bible for another hour and a half and then yes. going and ministering to the poor. And God was just stripping me. Mm. And, uh, I realized this is kind of a crazy thought, but I was so much different than most, you know, you, Jimmy, were the only one I really related to in my natural self at that right. time. Wonderful people, good yeah. friends. But I remember I was just kind of bellyaching to the Lord when I first got there. I said, Lord, something is really wrong. Um, I, I, I don't understand the sense of humor, all of this. It just, I don't, I don't understand and I don't get along with these people. I, something can't be right. And the Lord said, no, something is really right, Jeff how can you learn how to love unless you learn to love those who aren't like you Mm. and man, but it, it began a journey of uh, me developing some of the most wonderful friendships of my Mm. life and a journey. I am so grateful. You know, the Methodists have a saying prevenient grace. Mm. And uh, I think that's the grace that goes before. And Mm. I see that, I mean, in the divine connect. So anyway, that's a longer thing but, no, uh, but that's so, how I, so, so then we I got connected with the movement you invited me to come mm-hmm. and uh, help with leadership and I'm like I just want to live what are you talking <laughs> about and uh, came back and we had the George Mueller style of uh, 
of uh, leading, of, of raising support, which is not telling anyone about your needs and praying it in. And that terrified me, but you encouraged me along and we took some risks and mm. we just went for Jesus, went for the nations mm. and, um, Boy, no lack of zeal. A bit of lack of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But no lack of zeal at that time. If there yeah. was something crazy, we were gonna go for it. Yeah, so so I'll just kinda interject here. So we we literally just dove in together. Yeah. Uh, with kind of whosoever will. Absolutely. And that would lead us to church planning in Russia. It would lead us to going into Afghanistan and yeah. Pakistan and Literally some of the craziest things. It, like we were telling nice. stories today, and I thought I can't believe we actually did that stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, because there was no there was no sense of self protection. Right. It was like, hey, we have today, right? And we're gonna go for it. And yes. and we had already given up our rights to our future. So Absolutely. so living in the present was really yes, really really powerful and. Um, so, so think about those early days. What were some of the things that defined us? Like, like when you think back of, uh, even as you wrote in your book, The Great God of Men, what were some of those early stories that kind of helped you say, okay, God's more real than kind of what everybody else is doing? I, I, well, I mean, I, this might sound simple, but the thing that probably defined it the most, and uh, I know you didn't bring me here to do this per se, but was me looking at your life and realizing here is a guy that actually does what God's saying. We actually, you know, if the Bible says fast, we fast. If we pray, we pray, we preach the gospel. You know, this this kind of thing of not just, you know, preaching when it's comfortable, but um, just having a heart to go for it at every moment. Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, this... Um, I don't know. You just, it's like in basketball, if you want to have an A game, you know, if you're like a senior in high school, you don't play with seventh graders. You might feel good about yourself <laughs> because you feel like you're doing well. No, but you play with high college players or something. Mm -hmm. It was like, for me, I entered this world with people that were, had gone before me, were going before me, were setting, you know, this going overseas for a three month outreach and um, preaching the gospel in villages and sleeping on the floor and, you know, yeah. uh, praying for the sick and um, dealing with the demonic and dealing with the angelic and every good mm -hmm. thing of God. It's just yeah. uh, so for me, it was uh, it was the all out passion for. Um, yeah, for living the Bible, living yeah. what Jesus, seeing what Jesus did, seeing what the apostles did and saying, why can't we do it today? So, hey, we were just telling a story today because we're actually in Budapest, Hungary, while we're doing this interview. Crazy. Uh, and um, so we, we did this crazy trip through Eastern Europe in 91. <laughs> and so I just want to apologize here on this podcast for my leadership development uh, uh, <laughs> method. But what I did was uh, Jeff was going to take the team over for the last month. Uh, is I was going to do a couple other things throughout Europe, Europe here. Mm -hmm. And so so we're we're driving from Romania right. uh, in 1991, by the way. I just want you to know that. <laughs> uh, we were driving through Romania with a team of 12. We had two vans. And I have Jeff in the front seat, and I'm telling him every leadership thing he needs to know for the next month. And then I let him know that, hey, don't have a lot of money left. If you actually counted by the day, we'd be a few hundred dollars short. So I said, but hey, you're a man of faith. 
I believe with you. God's going to provide. We got you this little place set up, one contact, go for it. But the biggest deal was, I want to tell the story. We we just so believed that God would just provide, yes. right? That he would go yes. before. We had no translators. None. And Hungarians did not speak English. No. So what, 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 did I, what did I tell you and what, what did you guys do and tell what God did? Well, I mean, it was interesting because I was like, Jimmy, there's not enough money here. And uh, uh, you assured me God would provide and uh, did he ever. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we were set up with some individuals from Youth with a Mission. Um, of, <laughs> and there's a, a fellow by the name of Hal and uh, he was... Uh, a, a great guy and they were doing a lot of missions in, in Budapest. But, uh, once I got to the, um, once I got to the hotel, I was trying to connect with them and, um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what are you going to do? What are we doing? How are we going to partner together in ministry? I'm not like an expert at this. I'm just, I've seen you doing it. And he says, well, we might, you know, we can meet together every Saturday or so for ministry. I'm like, I'm thinking there's six other days in the week. I'm we here. Twelve no people. English right. speakers. And we would just, but by faith, we, we went out every day, even to the point in, in probably not uh, the holiest way. We seven, after 17 days of ministry, my friend, Sean encouraged <laughs> me. I think we can take a Sabbath, Jeff. But, uh, <laughs> but we uh, we'd go out every day, and we begin leading. We begin just worshiping in English, and we would we would say, "Does anybody out here speak English?" And we begin to pre- find someone who spoke at least somewhat English, or even better. And we begin to preach, and God saved, and God healed, and God delivered. It would rain in the morning if it was raining. We were we knew the rain was going to part for us, and we wouldn't even stop. And uh, it was just. You know, that modeling piece I think you talked about today, I saw the way throughout uh, Romania and Bulgaria and uh, even uh, Thailand the year before when I had gone with you, the way that there was always, it wasn't a question. The gospel was to be preached and, um, you know, sitting back wasn't an option. We were just going to go. And God provided, ended up providing a uh, translator who became really helpful for youth with a mission in Hungary. Yeah. Uh, over the course of time, and uh, an incredible, incredible time. I, I think that uh, I wonder how many things um, don't happen because um, we're not willing to take that risk. Yeah. You know, one of my phrases we talked about for years is everybody wants a miracle. They just don't want to be in a position to have to have one. <laughs> Amen. And I think we daily had opportunities for miracles, oh. uh, from our daily bread to You're whatever, kidding. but no regrets, man. I'm no? just so glad we gave our twenties yes. to absolute all in everywhere, yes. every day. Uh, and so, Hey, so you back to this deal yeah. where you wrote a book called great yeah. God of men. Why'd you write it? Okay. What's so. it about? And and tell me a little bit about what what you hope people get out of it. When so what, well, when you when you're in your twenties, and we had uh, you probably had a purer heart than I did, but uh, no, in your twenties, no I was very <laughs> I was very zealous, but uh, we were zealous to the point of you know, you fast two days, I'll fast three. You know, you preach the gospel ten times, I'll preach it twenty. Uh, so in our spirits, there there kind of was this. I'm going somewhere with this, but there was kind of something over the years as we went in pure hearts with yeah. everything, planning churches, going for Jesus, walking in humility and accountability, opening up our hearts, sure. breaking free. There was this subtle, I think, thing that kind of beat in me 
um, out of my own insecurity, I think, and some other things of, um, you know, I'm a pretty special person, mm. which yes, absolutely. I'm yes. special in you, God, you but, are. but this Max kind of, Kato's this kind of right. sense of uh, I'm a, I'm a gift to God's kingdom, you know? Yeah. Aren't you glad you got me, God? You know, I'm going to help you out here. And the, the reality when I, um, <clears throat> so I was involved leading training schools for five years. Um, and uh, we went all over. Mainly we went to Siberia and then, you know, um, took a team to, to China and all kinds of things. But one thing, um, when, I, when I took a team to uh, Germany in 1997 and I, I hit a wall. I mean, I, I wrote about it in the book, The Great God of Men, but John Wesley when he went to convert people, he uh, ran, I think he went to Georgia in the United States yeah. and he did a wall and he said, Oh, I went to save these people. And who is to save me? You know, in the sense of, right. um, I think he came up with this humanity. So I felt because the, the work, I fell into a heavy depression. The work um, was disbanded and I had this overarching sense of failure and, uh, uh, but over the course of time, over the next five years, my brothers like you and Sean and Kevin, you name them, yeah. tied any different ones that were around uh, in that season. <clears throat> you guys loved me back to life. God loved me. He gave me a new assignment in Boston. And so over the course, I really, this mantra, and I'm not saying that I came up with it. I can't remember what it was. You know, it's really not about the great men of God. Right. That's not the story. Yeah. The story is the great God who's faithful mm -hmm. to a bunch of yahoos, you mm -hmm. know, to a bunch of people yes. who mm -hmm. who are sometimes uh, <clears throat> successful and sometimes not. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that uh, I just began to want to glory in the fact mm -hmm. that Jesus has always been so faithful to me. I was a child. I needed five blood transfusions my very first days of life. I couldn't even live because of that. Mm. Um, I, I needed God to rescue and deliver me. I didn't perform well. I didn't read the Bible, pray, or fast well when I was uh, <clears throat> in, in the um, psychiatric uh, hospital. I, I didn't perform well, but God performed well the whole mm. time. He stayed true. You know, I tried to, to not take a blaming attitude. That may be one thing that was helpful for me mm -hmm. and to acknowledge God was true, as you've said many times, and, and uh, every man be a liar. But anyway, so I began to just want to glory in God. I wanted to look at our history and I wanted to bring out uh, one. I really have always loved the Bible. Mm -hmm. I love reading the word of God. And, uh, mm -hmm. um, and I wanted to bring some testimonies out of the Bible, look at the lives of some different men and women of God and see their stories and then bring forth some stories from our movement, maybe even some of them lesser known, mm -hmm. in order to tell their story uh, about the things that um, that will help us to grow in our path of spiritual maturity. Because mm -hmm. really, uh, character, I have this kind of simple formula I tell our church planning school, which is anointing without character is destructive. Mm. Anointing, uh, I'm sorry, character uh, without anointing, which is kind of a misnomer, but if you understand what I'm saying, yeah. character without really pressing in for the greater mm -hmm. uh, anointing is uh, okay. Mm -hmm. But character plus anointing is unstoppable. Mm. If we can have both mm. of those things, and yes. I think that there were some deep character issues in me Mm. Um, that God was working in, and he is. And so I just took the stories of some of the things I felt mm. like were most 
important for us to have long-term fruitfulness mm. and uh, and just glorying in God, glorying in the stories of the people, mm. um, like a woman by the name of Ann O'Leary, who mm-hmm. I met in 1991, maybe, and uh, I never knew her to not have multiple sclerosis and not mm. be going down in her health, but I remember even my first trip to Thailand, so I met her in 90, uh, but my first trip in Thailand, um, I remember receiving a... Uh, I remember receiving a um, a letter from her, and it was scrawled, and the scrawling was so I I know I cannot imagine how long it took her to write that with her condition, saying I am praying for your mission, believing for God to break through, and uh, seeing her decline throughout her entire life. Yet at the end of her life, when she couldn't even stand anymore, mm. having men pick her up so she could stand and sing. I stand amazed, you know, mm. a woman like that yes. telling, telling the story of a man named mm. Travis Gibson who mm. worked at Highland Baptist church and right. was um, so concerned about the poor that, and the broken and the hurting that he, uh, he spent his life for that, that he had seen a picture. Um, he was wanting to kind of go up the ladder in the Baptist world when he was a young pastor. And the Lord gave him this vision and this picture of a, a hole and a ladder just out the top of it. And he said, Travis, my ladder goes down. And he spent the rest of his mm. life not pursuing position, right. but pursuing loving people. And these were some of the stories I caught mm. at Highland on the mm. side, so to speak, right. that were everything to do with the culture in that place Mm -hmm. that birthed this movement. Yeah. Wow. Well, as you can tell, there's a lot of rich stuff here. And um, I I was so um, thankful that Jeff wrote this book, Great God of Men. And and I really want to encourage you to grab it wherever you can. I think Amazon or or Amazon. Um, Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, what happens is the stories that are forged through a life given to Jesus, have tremendous weight on them, whether it's capturing the stories uh, that, that we've seen along the way or just life himself. And so, anyway, I'm so grateful for you, man. So mm-hmm. grateful we're no, still I'm walking just, together. I'm so glad. I'm, we're, we're all really walking on ground the devil didn't want us to get to. And Amen. I just pray. Really, one of my main goals, and I'll say this at the yeah. end, is... I want a generation of church planners that mm. don't end up bitter and washed out and mm. end up keep increasing throughout the rest of their lives. And so what I think we're hoping and praying is mm-hmm. to be uh, in this generation that's gone before. I'm learning. Mm, yeah. I'm learning from the young guys. I feel humble. But yeah. I also want to say, how can I help us to have a culture of uh, of as many people crossing the finish line well mm. into the arms of Jesus and finishing this thing well? So. Amen. We're going to do it together, even if we have to carry each other across the line. Amen. And we've There's got a story or two to that, but we don't have to. We're in it together. <laughs> All right. Hey, love Jeff Bianchi. Love you guys. Thanks for listening. And um, thanks for having man, me. Man, may you love Jesus, preach the gospel everywhere you go, mm-hmm. and live a holy life. God bless you guys. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.